0: Oh, yes. It sounds like it's almost summer vacation. And I mean, is that not just like Does, does that not just get you pumped up right there just to learn about some American history? Ah oh, man, it, it, it really should. It really should. Um, so you got some new little podcast here for you all. Uh, I'm going to also give you a uh, an assignment that you can do if you've done nothing yet so far this whole quarter nothing this whole quarter. If you do this one assignment, I promise you this, if you do the assignment, you do it properly, you will not get less than a 90. Okay, that is my promise. Braun stamped, approved, sealed, delivered to you. Um, It's I promise you will not get less than a 90 if you do this assignment. It's super, super easy. It's another children's book, but even a little bit shorter. Uh, Work with me here, people. Work with me. Okay, I'm giving you a couple of things here. All right, number one, I'm giving you the recent American history, uh, the 2020 recent American history um, slides, so why don't you open that one first, okay, if you don't mind having a couple of tabs open, uh, you can also open up the 2020 civil rights uh, slides presentation, okay, because I'm going to kind of bounce back and forth here, so uh, listen, let's just get right into it, this is some of, you know, in, in class, one of my some of my favorite stuff to talk about, so... I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so recent American history, 1950 to today. Um, you know what? No, let's do this. Open. He, this is this is me in class, right? Uh, open up the assignment. Here's what I'm what I'm doing. Okay, uh, it's the 2020. I want an A children's book. The 2020. I want an A children's book. That's right. So here's what what you're gonna do. You're gonna make a children's book, and I'm giving you three options. So. Think about this as we're going through these slides, as you're listening to the podcast, okay? Which of these options is interesting? Here you go. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll pop you the cat here. Okay, got a little chair for you. There you go, buddy. Okay, good. All right, so think of, think of which of these three options uh, is one that you might be interested in, right? Uh, one, civil rights movement. Two, Vietnam War. Or three, the impact of music on culture. Okay, I tried to make this as broad as possible. If you're into the people fighting for power, right, if you're into, um, you know, wars, things like that, if you just love music, if you just love music, uh, there's something here for you. So now I'm going to go over that in a little more detail. But first, let's let's get right back to our our American history, recent American history. Okay, social change, the 1950s right we have the adulthood of the world war II generation people who were little babies little kids uh during the great depression grew up without a lot of stuff right uh their lives were really kind of messed up um now they're adults and they're starting to have kids of their own and you know i'm sure you know you know right from your parents or your guardians whoever it is that you're you spend a lot of your time with whatever adults they are very much products of their upbringing okay and so they're going to put that onto their kids. So in the 1950s, you have people wanting to like be, they, they want things because in the depression, they didn't have things. Then you have World War II and they want to be able to give their kids things. Possessions become really, really important, right? So dads go off, they're working, they get these nine to five jobs, right? And at nine in the morning to five o'clock in the, in the evening um, Women are still, for the most part, kind of staying at home, okay, raising kids, raising kids kind of strictly, because there's still this fear that at any time, there might be another Hitler, at any time, there might be another, you know, Great Depression and things like that. So they're kind of strict with their kids. And the way that I always think about, like, you know, if you, if you have a kid, right, it's like a spring. If you hold that spring too tight, it creates a lot of tension, Right? So, if you really try and hold a kid down and, and don't let them experience stuff, they're gonna one day poo, they're gonna pop. Right? Just like a little spring that you'd hold in your hand. Uh, and that's the kind of exactly what happens. And in the 1960s, this baby boom generation, uh, men, and wo- men and women get married after World War II, they have families. Uh, Lots of people. That's where you get the boomers. So I am not a boomer, just so you know, okay? I was born in the 80s, not the damn 60s. So you want to call me a boomer? Watch your face, okay? Uh, that is not me, all right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so baby boom generation... They grow up and they resist this Pleasantville notion. They don't want to be like held down. They don't want to have the same job that their dad has or, or live the life that their mom has. And we have the beginning of the counterculture movement in the 1960s. Really it starts in the 50s and it really, really gets moving uh, through music, okay? You have Elvis Presley on TV the first time, here's this guy and he's like shaking his hips and stuff. I mean, you know, if you were if like these people who got upset about that in the 1950s were to see what is happening today, uh, they might just like, you know, stroke out and that would be it. But yeah, they, you know, they were they were so upset about Elvis Presley, right and, and his stuff that the, uh, the, the, the adults at the time, a lot of them really got very, very upset, but the kids loved it. Then you have rock and roll in the 1960s. Uh, you have groups like, you know, you know, the early ones like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Then you have Woodstock. OK, and and it just kind of this whole movement. And it's really based on music. OK. Then you have a video about uh, Vietnam War. You can watch that on your own. OK, so Vietnam War happens. Now, the Vietnam War takes place over a very long period of time. Vietnam was run by the French Okay, after World War II, because France, you know, they got their butts kicked, really, uh, by the Nazis, um, the, the French really had no ability to hold on to their colonial possessions. So Vietnam goes off, does their own thing. But China is now communist. Russia is now communist. And there is a strong movement to make Vietnam communist. And so they have their own civil war. We get this idea... Right, that it comes from Eisenhower and Kennedy called the domino theory. And you guys probably learned about this last year. And what that means is that it's like dominoes. You line them up, knock one down, so it goes the next, and the next, and the next. So they had this idea that if one country becomes communist, so will the next, so will the next, so will the next. And they felt it was our job, the United States, to stop that from happening. And we just made Vietnam that country. We said, nope, we are not going to allow Vietnam to become a communist country, okay? Um, So, what happens? Well, we have the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution. How does the United States get involved in in Vietnam War? Technically, there's a lot of stuff, but technically, it's from the Gulf of uh, Tonkin Resolution. We have a ship that gets attacked in the Gulf of Tonkin, And that's what's going to allow President Johnson to go and send troops over to Vietnam. And basically, then the United States becomes like a real strong presence. Here's a little kicker for you. The ship that was attacked in the Gulf of Tonkin was never actually attacked in the Gulf of Tonkin. It was a made up story to get the United States involved. Pretty wild and crazy. Now, the Gulf of Tonkin resolution is important because it really expands the power of the president. Now, the president has this ability because we never declared war in Vietnam. Even though we were there, um, over fifty thousand Americans lost their lives there. Uh, over two million Vietnamese people lost their lives, but we never declared war, and that's because of the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution. What that allowed the president to do, and still to uh, today, it, it, it's it's kind of one of these things, but it gets changed a little bit. The president can send troops anywhere in the world if there is an issue, without Congress approving him. Okay. So that's kind of the importance there. Uh, The War Powers Act, this is when they kind of take it back a little bit. They take back those powers. And they say, all right, so troops may not be overseas for more than 60 days. Okay, so they say, hey, you could be out there for 60 days. You could be deployed for 60 days. And Congress, at that 60 days, would have the power to bring them back. Okay, I hope you guys get that. So. You know, the Gulf of Tonkin, if this was a regents exam, you'd have to worry about these things, but it's not, so you kind of don't. So let's just move on. Okay. Issues related to Vietnam. We're going to have uh, a massacre called the My Lai Massacre. If you look at the next page, there's a picture of it. Uh, it gets published in newspapers. Um, basically, a lot of these, uh, the way the Vietnam War was fought a lot would be search and destroy missions, where they would, you would have platoons of soldiers who'd be going out. And they would be looking for um, communists. (laughs) Excuse me. But they were like scattered in these, you know, uh, villages that were very apart from one another. So it becomes a little bit of a problem there. Okay. Um, Where it's like, who's on our side? Who's on their side? And uh, it was really bad. So in this one particular village, there's a lady, supposedly an older woman. It's all women and kids. It's all women and kids. Terrible stuff. And there's a woman supposedly who's like hiding this rice or something and hides a hole in the ground. The soldiers find the hole in the ground. They find all this rice and they're like, hey, who are you hiding? Because <laughs> the Vietnamese, they used to like basically dig in tunnels. And a lot of these, a lot of the fighting took place in tunnels. Listen, <clears throat> if you're a fan of warfare, uh, military warfare, if this is something that really, really appeals to you, what you need to do right now, turn off this podcast, pause it, don't turn it off, don't, don't don't be mean, come on, you gotta go to Netflix, and there is a uh, a documentary just called The Vietnam War, Ken Burns, The Vietnam War, it is one of the most amazing documentaries ever, the first episode's kind of tough, if you're really into it, you'll like it, but then they get into, like, how people were fighting in tunnels, like, can you imagine, like, burrowed out tunnels, and you'd be looking to try and find where, as an American soldier, where it can go, and then all of a sudden you hear breathing in the dark. Oh my God, I can't even imagine. Anyway, one of the best uh, documentaries I've ever seen, Um, but I love history. But uh, you know what? When I was in 11th grade, I loved this stuff too, so maybe one of you feels the same way. Okay, we have uh, SDS. SDS uh, is Students for a Democratic Society. This is a group of people, students in colleges, universities, all over the country, what they're going to do is uh, basically they're going to say, no, we're not going to go fight. Uh, we have the draft that takes place during the Vietnam War. They refuse to get involved in the in the draft. And there's a lot of music intertwined with this. Uh, it's just a rebellion against the power of the government. Like, why does the government have the right to send people who don't want to go and fight in a civil war, so war within that country, on the other side of the planet. Uh, so a lot of people were against it and it really starts off at schools. As I said, music plays a big part of this. That is Woodstock. Okay. Uh, Woodstock is like this huge festival, uh, rock and roll, uh, you know, other stuff going on there too. But, you know, if you want to look into that, you can. Uh, then there's a Kent State massacre. There were kids who, you know, were refusing to go to school. They were, they were like, so they, were, they called them like uh, sit-ins, rallies, anti-war protests, things like that. Took place all over the country. There was even one at Suffolk Community College, the Ammerman Campus, which is in, uh, what is it, like, or Farmingville, whatever, Um, right off of Nichols Road, exit 62, where there were a bunch of kids in this area over there called the Red Square, and, like, they refused to go to their classes, and they had these signs, and they were protesting and stuff, and, like, military police came up in Jeeps and uh, broke them up. Pretty wild stuff. But nothing was like Kent State, where... um, the dean of the college uh he basically you know he called in the national guard the national guard came in and instead of having rubber rubber bullets uh they had live ammunition and they killed some kids it was pr- pretty pretty brutal uh then the pentagon papers but that's uh that has to do with um uh the watergate break-in. okay and and uh, well it has to do with president nixon This is where everything changes. You see, last podcast was about JFK. Everybody loved JFK. If JFK said jump, America said, you got it, bro. I'm going to go jump. I'm going to jump as high as I can for you. Uh, Presidents before that, FDR, people loved him. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt, people like, you know, they they love these guys. And then Nixon with these Pentagon Papers, what we find out is President Nixon during the Vietnam War knew we were not going to win. He knew we had no chance of winning. But he says... To the Pentagon, which is basically the, you know, the group that is in charge of uh, the military. He says, but we're still going to fight in this war because we we have to keep on telling the American people that we're winning. And it's really messed up. And when this comes out, when it's released, it causes just an absolute circus where people in the end, and it's very, very sad, just lose faith in our leaders. And it never really gets Brought back uh, Ronald Reagan in the 1980s, kind of gets back some some uh, people paying attention, but and trusting him, but really just just a tough time. The Pentagon Papers and Nixon, a big reason for this happening. Speaking of Nixon, here he is. In fact, I have to I have to uh, play this now. Yes, because. What happens is uh, now we're going to have some pictures that are popping up. It's good. It's good stuff. Good stuff. OK. So President Nixon. 19. Oh, I'm going to have to really fix this. All right. We have the Nixon Doctrine, right? We're going to defend Asia. OK. Um, uh, yeah. I have to, uh, OK. I'll fix it before I send it out to all you guys. But and, and ladies, uh, he's the first president to go to China. Look. Here, here's an here's a interesting thing about Nixon. Nixon does such a great job with foreign policy. Uh, he gets involved in these things called detente in 1972. He gets in uh, where basically it was an easing of tension in the Cold War. I know you guys learned about that last year, right between the United States and the Soviet Union. We talked about this with the um, Cuban Missile Crisis, right? How, you know, there was some scary times back then. I don't know. I wasn't alive because I'm not a boomer, but whatever. Uh, So detente He was trying to ease tension Between the United States and the Soviet Union First president to go to a a communist country Goes to to, uh, China If you've ever seen the movie Forrest Gump Great stuff, great scene in Forrest Gump Where they're playing ping pong That really happened It was called Ping Pong uh, Diplomacy Uh, It was the Chinese ping pong team Against the American ping pong team Though I don't believe that there was a player named Forrest Gump there That's okay Uh, Salt, no, he wasn't a guy who liked to put salt on his French fries. Um, Instead, that stands for the Strategic Arms Limitations Talks, and eventually they become treaties. And his whole idea there, very simply, was, hey, let's lessen the amount of nuclear weapons in the world. That's going to make the world a safer place. And then we have the Watergate scandal. Oh, man. So he, while he was doing a great job, he runs for re-election in 1972 against a guy named McGovern, and he beats him. It's, it's one of the largest margins of victory ever in an, in an election. But he was so paranoid that basically he had people go and spy on uh, his opponent. And they got caught, they got found out, and uh, it, it, again, he, Nixon would be the president who's going to then... Um. go and, and he's, he's they're going to basically try and impeach him. And uh, here we have my friends here from uh, Nacho Libre, and he says, what three presidents have been impeached and which were removed? So let's see, does anybody know? Pause, pause, pause. So the first one was a guy named Andrew Johnson. He took over after Lincoln got shot. He got, it, he got impeached, so to get impeached means to have the trial, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting removed. So there's a trial, and Johnson, he was not removed. Nixon, they were going to impeach him, and he resigned first. He knew <laughs> he knew he was caught. He was done. So he said bye-byes, and uh, that was it for him. And then the last president to get impeached, we're going to talk about him in the next podcast, which I'm going to send out to you guys on Monday. Uh, and that was President Clinton, one of my personal favorites. I actually met him in a McDonald's. But if you want to hear more about that, you're going to have to wait until Monday. Okay, so Nixon resigns. His vice president had resigned because his vice president was like, they found out that he was evading his taxes. He wasn't paying his taxes. It's like yeah, it's really hard to even imagine this stuff. It's hard to make it up, but it really did happen, as crazy as it all is. So who becomes the next president? Gerald Ford. Uh, he was Nixon's golfing buddy. Crazy, crazy stuff. The first thing Gerald Ford does when he becomes the president... He pardons Nixon. He says, oh, we cannot hold him for any crimes that he committed. So messed up. Uh, in the 1970s, we have this group called OPEC. It stands for Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries. This was a group, and this is going to become important when we talk about you know, uh, the Persian Gulf War, our issues with Iraq um, on Monday. So OPEC is basically a bunch of Middle Eastern countries who agreed to sell oil for the same price. So that no one country would be making more money than any other country. It was a union, basically. Uh, and they placed an embargo on the U.S. because we were supporting Israel. And, you know, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries were uh, Muslim. And uh, so at this time, there was a lot of conflict that was taking place between the Muslims and the Israelis. Um, an embargo means that they're not going to trade with us. And this is a real serious problem. Prices for oil, gas doubled Okay, right now prices for gas are super low. It's great, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but normally they run at about you know two dollars and sixty cents a gallon, two dollars and seventy cents a gallon in the summer. It goes up a little bit. But imagine if like within a week's time, if it would cost forty dollars to fill up your car. Now all of a sudden it's eighty, and because we didn't have a lot of it, you were only able to get gas on certain days of the week. You couldn't like if you were running out of gas. Well, then you're not going anywhere. You just weren't allowed to do it. Um, Pretty, pretty crazy stuff. And then in 1975, he officially ends the Vietnam War. So this is where we're going to stop as far as all this happens. Oh, oh, wait, Nacho and Chancho. So Chancho uh, has a question. He says, Nacho, why do we have to pay so much for oil now? Well, we really kind of don't. But like when I was a kid, and I'm not a boomer, damn it. But when I first got my license um, the, the summer between my junior and senior year, Uh, Gas was 97 cents a gallon. So, why is it that now, you know, I think it's like, I've seen it as low as 199, but now it's like, it looks like it's coming back a little bit like 215, 220, as more people are going to be on the roads. That's what's going to happen. And he says, Hey, good question, little Chancho. I would say that they just need to wrestle it out, of course, because Nacho Libre likes to wrestle. Anyway, so here is the assignment for you for this. Very, very easy. Write a letter to the president, any president you may choose from any of the following. Write a letter to President Johnson for civil rights. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Write a letter to President Johnson in favor of the Vietnam War or write a letter to President Nixon against the Vietnam War. So that is the assignment here. Now, what am I talking about? Civil rights. OK, look at the 2020 civil rights movement. So this is for the people who might choose to do the civil rights. Um, well, really, I'm going to talk about it Anyway. But I decided to kind of like give a little bit extra history here. So that's why it's not the the best looking presentation. But I kind of just like put it together to make it easy for anybody who wants to choose uh, to do that assignment. So civil rights, civil rights, baby. Here we go. The Civil Rights Amendments are known as the 13th, 14th and 15th Amendments. Okay, this is way back after the Civil War. So 13th Amendment ends slavery. The 14th Amendment says all citizens have to be treated equal. And the Fifteenth Amendment gave black men the right to vote because back then, uh, women still did not have the right to vote. Sorry, I didn't do it. Now, Fourteenth Amendment. Why did they? So why can't they just have the Thirteenth Amendment? Okay, slavery is abolished or no slaves. Because if you guys remember, and this is just a review of stuff we had done back in like uh, I want to say December, January, January. The we had the Black Codes, right? Jobs are not available um, to ex-slaves unless they were, you know for farming, for acting as house servants, um, but it was always going to be a lower level uh, subservient job, we would call it, okay, where like they would never be able to own a business or anything, uh, all because of the black coats. Then we have segregation laws, where down the South, you know, you've, you guys have seen this in, in school forever. Uh, not in school, <laughs> but you've learned about this in school. You know, you have the whites only bathroom, blacks only bathroom. We talked about this, you know, the Jim Crow laws and things like that. And it was actually made legal in a Supreme Court case uh, known as the Plessy versus Ferguson case. Um, and that was, and I have a little cartoon here about the guy who was one fifth black and he got a ticket to, you know, be in the first class uh, train car. Of a uh first car, first class car of a train, um and then when he was on the train, right, the guy comes over to him. He's like, "You're not allowed to be here because it says whites only." He refuses to leave and he gets kicked off. And he says, "Well, what the heck was that all about?" And he sues and he loses. Okay, um, looked upon this one along with the Dred Scott decision as two of the worst uh, Supreme Court decisions in the history of the United States. Now. That's 1896. We're not going to have really anything happen as far as movements for African Americans until and I talked about this in the previous uh, podcast. We're gonna have the creation of the NAACP, okay, National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. And we're gonna have a couple of leaders who come about, like Booker T. Washington, W. E. B. Du Bois. But then the problem is, is that we have the Great Depression okay we have world war 2 and so civil rights and anything connected to it really get pushed to the back burner and in the 1920s with the harlem renaissance and stuff like that it was almost like ah oh, this is this is about to happen and it goes away because again the depression and world war 2 so then we have the tuskegee airmen fighting in a segregated unit in world war 2 Okay, and yes, this is picture is from a movie about the Tuskegee Airmen. If you'd like to watch it, it's a pretty good movie. You know, it was it was okay, not certainly not one of the best um, civil rights movies I've ever seen, but it wasn't bad. Um, but uh, yeah, one of the best, um, the best squadrons, I guess you'd say, in the Air Force that uh, we ever had. Very, very, very successful. Okay, then you have Jackie Robinson in nineteen forty seven. Breaking the Color Barrier of Professional Sports in the United States. The first guy, first black man to play professional sports among white men. Now, if any of you saw the movie 42, I thought that movie was okay. Again, not, I, you know, they kind of like, I don't know, cleaned it up a little bit. Um, there were parts that I felt like they almost made silly and I didn't like that at all. Uh, I, I don't know if I should say this as a teacher, but I'm going to say it anyway. I feel like if it had been rated R instead of PG-13, it could have been a little bit more realistic. This man dealt with some awful stuff. Um, he played shortstop. So if you know anything about baseball, shortstop, if somebody's stealing second base, the catcher throws the ball to the shortstop, shortstop is there to tag him out. So there were... A lot of players who did not like him back then, they used to wear metal cleats and they would purposefully, as they slid into second base, raise up their feet and try and like jab him in his knee, jab him in his shins with their metal cleats, jab him in the face. Like it was really, really, really bad. Uh, and he dealt with people, you know, saying awful things to him. But what makes Jackie Robinson truly, truly a hero of the civil rights movement is that he never broke. Okay? Um and 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 there's a a book that was written called Civil Disobedience, right? We've talked about this again uh by Henry David Thoreau and it was like, "Hey, look, man, you know, if you're getting harassed, you can't even though you might want to fight back if you know you're right, just let them be wrong. Show how wrong they are." And that's the whole thing, right? If Jackie Robinson had gotten, you know, cleated, they would call it, um, metal cleated, and then he got up and he starts just punching the guy, they're going to say, oh, look, see, you know, all he wants to do is come out here. It's just a game of baseball and he wants to fight and they'd make him look like he was the bad guy, even though obviously, obviously uh, that was not the case at all. So just a little bit there on um on Jackie Robinson. Really, honestly, I I would say people give Martin Luther King Jr. all the credit, you know, for getting the civil rights uh movement moving. <laughs> um and tr- no doubt, uh Martin Luther King Jr. a hero, hero of the United States. But Jackie Robinson the, with the the fact that he put himself down there on a field with all all white people, right? Imagine, you know, if, if you're the only person of your race In the stadium, on the field, playing the game, being harassed, and you know that you can't do anything about it. And doing it night after night after night. That's the thing about baseball. They play five, six, sometimes seven games a week. And he was just dealing with this every single day. So to me, I I would not be able to have the self-control to have dealt with that. And to me, that is pretty damn heroic. (coughs) Then we have one of the best and most under-discussed Civil rights uh, court cases ever. Sweat v. Painter. So you have this guy who's down in Houston, Texas. He's a black man. And he wants to become a lawyer. So he goes to the University of Houston. And they don't have a segregated school for any black men or women to go into law school. So he gets a lawyer. And he says, well, then you have to let me into the white school. Because right, segregation, the whole idea was you can separate as long as there were equal facilities. So he says we have no other facilities, so therefore let me in. They were so against integration in some areas of the South that they actually, this it's unbelievable. They took a pause on the case to see about about it, right? To see if if this was true. In the time, which was a couple months, they built a school. They built a school. That's how devoted they were to not allowing blacks and whites to go to public places together. They built a freaking school. But thankfully, he still won because they said, well, you know, it was something like the University of Houston had 1.4 million books and encyclopedias and bound volumes and all this on, uh, on law. And the new school they built only had like a few hundred. So it wasn't equal and he wins. Then, of course, we're going to have the Brown versus the Board of Education. We're going to have the Little Rock Nine. And this is where you see it now in public schools, not just universities. And uh, you you start to have young African-American children, and again, the bravery they must have had to just go into a building where they know that they're hated. If you look at this next picture with these three boys, right, we won't go to school with, I'm not going to even say it, uh, strike against integration. I mean, can you imagine people posing for pictures today in social media with signs like this, right? Can, can you imagine what would happen, uh, the backlash that they would get? But this is what was going on. Uh, you got some more pictures here. Uh, the one in the top left you know, you've got just, it's just a, a black woman and a black black girl, right? She's probably like 18, 19 years old. Uh, and her friend, the girl next to her, the white girl, who all you see is like, you know, she's got like her hair in a bun, whatever. Her friend and then her boyfriend are are like with her. They're they're supporting her. And all these people, and if you can like, you know, look at their faces, they're just so angry, dumping stuff on them. Just at just trying to get lunch, just trying to get lunch. Uh, dogs being sicked on people. Uh, them using fire hoses in, that's the Birmingham Fire Department. And then, of course, we have the two major leaders from the civil rights movement. You've got Martin Luther King Jr., okay, who is all about peaceful protest, peaceful protest. Remember, he says, I have a dream today, right? Everybody says, I have a dream, I have a dream, I have a dream. But his dream was what? That white children and black children would live together in harmony. That was it. Then you have Malcolm X, who, uh, uh, I guess, hold on, I'll get to Malcolm X in a second. So <laughs> uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, Lyndon Johnson, Malcolm X is, is standing behind him. Uh, he goes and he signs into law, uh, gets rid of all segregation laws, discrimination based on race. He makes it illegal in jobs, religion, um, you know, you cannot discriminate against people. Uh, the 15th Amendment, we have a problem with that. Right. Black men were given the right to vote. And then you remember there were poll taxes and voter intimidations coming from like the KKK and stuff like that. Uh, and the government didn't do much to protect them, um, really. So then we have the marches, march from Selma to uh, Montgomery. OK, um, about 3000 people began to march only only seven blocks before the police and the guardsmen attacked them. They only got seven blocks. They wanted it was I think it was, you know, it, it was a long a long march, uh, they were they were trying to go from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama, and uh, only seven blocks. So then you had the Selma marches, okay? And this, when Lyndon Johnson sees this, then he signs the 24th Amendment, the Voting Rights Act, which basically then gets rid of any kind of poll taxes or any kind of voter intimidation and things like that. And then there's my guy, Malcolm X, uh, one of the best quotes ever. He says, um, be kind, be courteous. Um, but if somebody puts their hands on you Send them to the cemetery <laughs> that, is, that is badass uh, And then you have these guys The Black Panthers Another great story If you choose to do the Civil Rights Movement Talk about the Black Panthers um, You know this is a group of people Who are out in in uh, in uh Oakland, California And they were living on I guess you'd say the wrong side of the bridge Oakland and San Francisco Are connected by the Bay Bridge Um. And so cops would just not go into the areas in Oakland. If there was a cop call, they wouldn't go. So the Black Panthers, they start out, they would basically be following the cops. What are the cops doing? Why aren't they coming to us? But if there's a problem in San Francisco, which was predominantly white, cops would be there real, real quick. Uh, So the Black Panther Party, pretty, pretty interesting stuff. So there you go. There's some civil rights for you. Uh, There is, you, you have the recent American history. So for this children's book you have the three options whichever one you're gonna do now you all everybody has done a children's book we did this back in the winter so you know you know the deal okay this is due june 5th okay and i have outlines for each one what i want you to do okay it's only 10 pages your cover is a page and then the last page since i already know about the author <laughs> the last uh, uh not about the other page is like your reflection like why did you choose to do this topic like me, personally, I'd probably go with the music topic because I just love music. Uh, and I would say, ah, oh, man, I love music. You know, played in a band, blah, 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 this, did that, you know, the whole thing. And I would explain that. Then I have outlines for you what to do on each page, right? So if you choose, for example, the Civil Rights Movement, pages three and four, discuss the history of African Americans prior to 1945, so just like I w- I've been talking to you about. Five and six, choose a couple of leaders, how they contributed to the movement. Uh, then seven through nine. I gave you a couple of instances. If you want to talk about uh, Jackie Robinson, you can do that. Whatever you want. You are not limited to anything here. Okay, These are just for if you have no idea on what you want to do. Uh, if you wanted to do option number two, that is the Vietnam Vietnam War. Okay, Same thing. Page two, what was the war? Page three, why do we get involved? And then you got to talk about three specific events. If you want to do this, the Buddhist monk setting himself on fire. One of the more amazing things I think I've ever seen. Uh, there's video of it. Uh, just crazy, crazy. But I, I want you to explore that. Um, then some of the other things we talked about, the My Lai Massacre. Of course, there's Operation Rolling Thunder where they just started bombing the heck out of uh, North Vietnam wild, crazy stuff. And then the impact of music on culture. So it starts off in the 50s with Elvis Presley, and it begins to be this ability for young people to kind of rebel. Then you have the 60s with the counterculture and Woodstock. Um, And then for, you know, you can choose any other decade, the 80s, the music. The music was kind of weird in the 80s, not gonna lie to you. Uh, 90s, that's my time, but whatever. Um, And then your final thoughts and reflection. Just remember, Every page, you're going to have a picture. This is a children's book. The Vietnam War with a guy setting himself on fire might be weird. But uh, you guys know the deal. You've done this before. And uh, this is it. Look, if you do this, if you've done nothing else the rest of the, of the um, quarter, I promise you you're still going to get a 90. If you do this, in addition to things you've done for the rest of the quarter, well, then your grade can only go up, can it? So think about it, everybody. I hope you're doing well. And... Um, yeah, listen, that's it. This is the end of the podcast. A little long, little long. Only one more coming. We're getting there, people. We are getting there.